Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Thank you for joining us, especially if it's your first time. We trust that it won't be your last. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in the position where you have had the best intentions, but no matter how good your intentions were, you only ended up saying something or doing something that ended up offending everyone in the room. I can remember there was this moment where I'd met this really cute girl and uh, she was actually quite amazing. And I was a little smitten with her, if I'm very honest. Um, and I can remember one night I was heading home from a friend's house and she just finished a shift at work. And um, I phoned her, said, hey, can I, can I pop by for coffee? I'm, I'm literally driving past your house. Uh, and she said, sure, no problem. Got to her house, uh, met with her. As we walked in, she said, hey, let's just keep it down. My parents are, are, are sleeping. I'm like, cool, not a problem. This was probably at about, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And um, make coffee. We sit down. We are sitting on opposite ends of the room. <laughs> She's in a chair over there. I'm in a chair over there. There's a coffee table the size of a rugby field between us. Um, there's nothing going on. Both of our intentions really were very innocent in the moment. Moments before I'm going to get up and head home, the door opens and uh, all of a sudden her mom comes walking through the door. And I get up to greet her and before I can greet her, she's just like, what is this? What's going on here? Again, didn't matter what our intentions were, our actions killed us in the moment. The fact that I was in their house that time of night without their permission, and I didn't even think about it. As I'm telling that story, you might be a parent and you might be thinking to yourself, Ramon, please just stop telling that story. You're coming off so bad right now. Again, greatest of intentions. <laughs> but my actions ended up letting me down in the moment. You see, the crazy part about that entire story is that I ended up marrying that girl. <laughs> and uh, that was actually my very first encounter with who is now my mother-in-law. And I still love her very, very much. But you see, in the same way, intentions alone don't determine the direction of our lives. They definitely help us get there. <laughs> they play a big role. But them alone, our intentions alone, don't determine our direction in life. No. Our actions that follow our intentions do. And then actions become habits. And for the past few weeks, We've been speaking into a habit that changes everything. 
And if you've been hanging with us in the past couple of weeks, you will know that that habit is the habit of prayer. So it's not just a one-off prayer that I shoot off here or there, but that it's actually the habit of prayer that changes everything. Why? Because you see, the habit of prayer shifts my focus from me to God. It shifts my focus from my solutions. It shifts my focus from pain to healing. It was the Holocaust survivor, Corrie ten Boom, who said that if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll find rest. Last week, we looked at a certain prayer that David prayed that takes us beyond the, the superficial. It, it takes us out of our comfort zones. And it is a prayer that changes everything when it becomes a habit in our lives. And here's what David prayed. He prayed, search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. What an incredibly vulnerable prayer. What a moment where he just opens his life up before God. And last week, we looked at that opening line, search me. Search me, O God. And you see, search me is exploratory surgery of the heart and of the mind. And that's what David's leaning into in this moment. If we carry on reading, search me, O God, he then says, and know my heart, test me, and, and know my anxious thoughts. What's he saying there? He's saying, search me, but also know me. Know me. In other words, it's speaking into relationship. Now again, coming back to that precious girl that I ended up visiting way too late one night. Um, when I met Nats, um, I didn't know her. I didn't know her at all. Um, but when I met her, I met enough of her to know that I'd like to get to know more of her. And so we did. We started spending time together. We started talking. We started asking each other questions. We started finding out more about each other. So ultimately, what happened was, in order for me to know her, I had to dig deep in relationship. There was this relational searching that took place as I spent time with her. And that's essentially what David is doing here. He's inviting God to not just search him, but to investigate the innermost parts of who he is. 
Now the truth be told, know me is scary. It is. Know me is scary. Why? Because we are naturally self-preserving. <laughs> naturally, we want to hide our flaws and we want to, we want to project our strengths. Naturally, we, we don't like showing people what's, what's really happening inside of our hearts and inside of our minds. We don't want them to know our intentions, our motives. We don't want them to know our thoughts, especially if we've just met them. No, we're scared that we'll be ridiculed or judged or, or whatever it may be. We're scared that it may damage the relationship before it's even started. So what do we do? We become self-preserving. Let's be honest. Those are intimate places. What's going on inside of our hearts? What's going on inside of our minds, our thoughts, our, our intentions, our motives? Those are, those are very intimate spaces. But yet, David goes against the grain. And David does exactly this. He actually invites God into those places. He invites God to know him. He says, he says search me, O God. Know me. Like, know my thoughts. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What David is saying, he's saying, Lord, will you come and will you know me? Will you know me? Will you come and know the intricacies of, of what's going on in my heart? Like what's going on when it comes to my intentions? What, know me as far as what's going on with my motives. Like I think my intentions are good and my motives are pure, but they might not be. Come and know those spaces. Come and know my thoughts. Come and know what I'm thinking. Come, come and know what I'm focused on day in and day out. Where am, I, where am I focusing my thoughts on? At the same time, come and know those anxious thoughts, those fearful spaces within my thoughts. What he's saying is, Lord, will you come and know the underlying condition, even the underlying condition that I might not be aware of. Now, if you've ever heard me speak on know me, or that word know that we find in Scripture, you may know that I'm quite passionate about it because it's impacted my life greatly. Um, it's this word that I, I, I feel... It changes everything, like we're talking about. This, this thing of know me, the first time that we really see this kind of language used is in the book of Genesis, where we see Adam and Eve uh, engaging with each other, where it says, and Adam knew Eve. In fact, that's where we get our saying from um, did you know them in the biblical sense? That's where we get it from. It's exactly there. And Adam knew Eve. It speaks about an intimacy. It speaks about a, a depth of relationship like 
no other. There's another place where this word is used, no. It's also used in what's, in my opinion, one of the most scary passages of all of Scripture. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, we see Jesus speaking to a crowd and he he says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. He he starts describing how there will come this day where people will stand before him and they'll say, but but Lord, we did these incredible things in your name. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We, We performed miracles in your name. And then he goes on to say, and I'll say to them, get away from me. I never knew you. And as we catch David's heart within the prayer that he's praying here, what David's doing is, David's coming and addressing this moment. David is coming and addressing this, 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 Lord, I want you to know me. I don't ever want there to be this separation. I don't ever want there to be this moment where you don't know me in this way. And as we pray it, as we pray, Lord, come and know me, we start addressing this very issue. We're saying, Lord, come and know me. You see, guys and ladies, know me is relational. That's a good thing. And it's also a bad thing. Because we superimpose our relational downfalls with our relationship with God. We superimpose the fact that we disappoint each other, we betray each other, we hurt each other. And because that is how we, in our broken way, deal with each other, we, we superimpose that brokenness onto God. And somewhere along the line, we expect that He's going to betray us, that He's going to hurt us, that He's going to disappoint us. So we view Him through our brokenness. See, to be known by God is a two-way street. To be known by God is a two-way street. It's a conscious decision to open our hearts to this all-knowing God that we might experience Him in even the deepest most secret spaces of our lives. That's what we're saying when we say, come and know me. Come and know my heart. Come and know my intentions. Know my motives. Come and know my thoughts. Come and know my focuses. Come and know my fears. Come and know me. See, being known by God, guys and ladies, is the birthplace of freedom. Being known by God is the birthplace of freedom. 
when we allow God to truly know us, He brings with Him all His power, all His love, all His peace. In short, He brings with Him His freedom. Only when we allow Him to to know the wounds of our past do we position ourselves to receive healing from our previous disappointments, our previous hurts, our previous betrayals. Only when we discover that He comes and He cries and He mourns and He laughs and He celebrates with us will our hearts be founded on the reality of true relationship with Him. Now God doesn't just want to teach us. He doesn't just want to lead us. He doesn't just want to empower us or use us. No, He wants to know us. That's something for you to take to heart. Let me repeat that. Your God doesn't just want to teach you, doesn't just want to lead you, doesn't just want to empower you or use you. No, your God wants to know you. Truth be told, you don't have to go through this life on your own. You don't have to process decisions, pains, relationships, or doubts on your own. You can be known by God, and you can know Him. I quickly want to talk to you if you're a Jesus follower. If you're a Jesus follower, it is entirely possible to go through this life without letting God fully know you. As tragic as it might be, Many people live as if God is distant from us. He's not. We live as if we don't have full access to His heart, to His will, to His love, to His spirit. If we're honest, we, we live off bad information. We live as if All Christ came to do was to give us this get-out-of-hell-free card rather than restoring right relationship between us and God. And that's exactly what He came to do, is to come and restore right relationship between us and God. This means that we get to love a a a life fully known by God, where we experience a love more sure, more real than any love you've ever experienced before. Last week, we invited you to start taking a prayer and making it a habit in your life. To start Inviting God to search you, to follow in the, in the words of David, in the, in the heart of David, in the prayer that David prayed. Search me, O oh God. And I, I pray that you did. And if you're joining us for the first time, I so want to encourage you to go and watch last week's message. 
and to start there with us. Come and search me, O God. But today, maybe you have a next step to not just pray, Lord, come and search me. But this week, to add on to that and to start praying, search me, O God, and know me. Come and know me. Know my heart. Will you come and know my motivations? Come and know my intentions. Come and know my thoughts, my focuses, my fears. Come, come and know me. And as you do, I believe that this prayer starts to change everything. We start to become open. We start to become, to become vulnerable before God. We start allowing Him to start changing things in our lives that before were no-go areas. We allow Him to start softening hard areas and breaking down barriers that we've built up in the past. Search me, O oh God. Know me. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. And as you start to do this, my prayer for you is that you will find real freedom in Him. I'd love to pray for you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we can take this glimpse into the journal of David, where we can just see this moment in his life where he just comes and become so vulnerable, so open before you and allows you into areas where he's probably never allowed anyone else into in the past. Father God, I thank you that as men and women have listened to this, Lord, that they will be willing to do the same, that we will be willing to do the same, that we will be willing to let you into those intimate places, those secret places of our lives, that we will allow you to search us, but even more than that, to come and know us, to come and know the most intricate details of our intentions, our motives, our thoughts, our fears. Lord, that we can invite you in and that we can find real freedom that comes with knowing you. We thank you that you are trustworthy with our hearts, that you are trustworthy with our thinking, with our thoughts and our intentions and our motives, that you are trustworthy with these intimate areas of our lives. And we give them to you right now. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us again this week. I want to just say to you, if you need to reach out to anyone, please feel free. Connect with us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, head over to our website at lifecentral.org.za uh, and come and and reach out to us if you need to chat to anyone we'd love to journey with you 
Other than that, we trust that you have a great week. We look forward to seeing you again next week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.